Hello and welcome back to Stop Your People Need You podcast. I'm Danny and I am joined as ever by Luke. Hello everyone. Always good to see him on the other end of this conversation because of course we like to bring you a variety of different subjects all about leadership and all about ultimately getting the best out of yourself and also getting the best out of those around you. And today's subject is about discretionary effort. And I guess the title really is the posing question that is, should I be looking for discretionary effort or should you be looking for discretionary effort? It's probably more appropriate. Should you be looking for discretionary effort? Because, you know, we live in a world, I think, that is so busy people working so incredibly hard every day, each and every day. And as as leaders of people, we're probably consciously aware of the above and beyond nature of our people. And I think, in fact, Luke and I think that people are starting more than ever to be looking for discretionary effort rather than just acknowledging when it happens. And over the next 23 minutes or so, we are going to unpack this subject and share with you our views. And they are just views. They're just opinions. That's all they are. But our views and our experience of that, hopefully leaving you with a posing question about how you manage, but more importantly, lead discretionary effort into the future. Is that fair, Luke? It's very fair. And from my perspective, this isn't to suggest that we haven't come across the subject and gone, have have we potentially been putting some of the wrong messages out there? So we put our hands up straight away that mm. we have talked about how you can gain discretionary effort as a leader. We've done yeah. that in our development programs. I've had conversations with, uh, with, with people, with colleagues about how we a- attain discretionary effort. So we're also not at a point where we truly, truly know what we're going to do next, but we're throwing this up for ourselves. So we're right in this at the moment as a business, as leaders of the business going, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the right message? So we're sharing this with you and kind of inviting you to join us, comments and anything like that, that just allow us all to challenge one another. Because I think that's what this podcast is about. It's not about having the answers. It's about us coming to you with a, look, as leaders ourselves, we're a little bit confused about this message that's being, that's out there at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also reflecting, you know, yeah. just as we do. I mean, and, and I know we talk about this most weeks, but yeah, I, it does, the subjects do cause me to reflect. And I think there have definitely been instances in my past history with teams that I have almost championed and celebrated their ability to go above and beyond as a, as a sort of a success measure. Check out how good my team is. They're always working loads of extra hours to get their job done. But actually, is that the, am I tackling this in the right way? And am I really, really understanding well, first of all, I suppose where, where our conversation today will go is, is the person choosing to do it or are they doing it because they have to do it? There's a, there's a couple of things for us to consider. Um, but also, am I measuring measuring or, or celebrating success for the right component reasons? Or am I missing the point, Yeah, I guess? That's a great starting point. That's an absolutely great starting point. 
So I, I think the thing is here, for, for me, I, I always like the, uh, the the two words of this, discretionary and effort. What do those two words mean? Um, and whenever I've talked about this subject, I've always sort of unpacked the two words separately to start with. So discretionary is the first word. Um, and discretionary basically means choice. Um, so if somebody chooses to do something. Um, so if they haven't chosen to do it, as in free choice, not being backed into a corner, chosen to do it, then it's not discretionary. Um, and, and secondly is the word effort. Um, An effort in this particular instance or this context describes the above and beyond nature of somebody's approach towards doing something. So in other words, we're not talking about here somebody doing what is ordinarily expected of them. We're talking about effort that goes above and beyond what is ordinarily expected of them. Now, I think the, the challenge here when we just not understand this, is that you know things like somebody working additional hours, um, which is effort, it's important to understand why somebody's had to work those additional hours, because is it effort or actually is it something else? Um, and I think that's where sometimes I've definitely got lost in all of this, in that a person's put in 10 or 20 extra hours that week, so they've given me some discretionary effort. Have they? Or, or is actually that we've missed the point somewhere on the lines? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things is what drives, as we, we talked about, is that what drives it, who drives it. Mm. Um, I mentioned to you earlier in preparation for this podcast around, I believe that discretionary efforts are a two-way thing. And by that, I don't mean the old saying of the way your boss comes in the morning is the way your people leave at night. And therefore... Well, it's a good you, saying. It's a great saying, absolutely. <laughs> but what we're not saying here is, well, if you show discretionary effort yourself, you will gain it. No. What I mean by this is, what discretionary effort, what above and beyond do you go to? Um, and what's your desire as a leader to understand your people? What makes them tick? What really gets them coming into work? What are the things that really matter to them? And if I think about when I've given the most discretionary effort if we if we use that term and uh, it, it's it's the person that i've done it for the moments in time where i know i've gone the most above and beyond are synonymous with an individual that i was either being led by or potentially not a colleague that i just truly believed in someone that really got me driven inspired and motivated i i i've in some of the research that I did in preparation for today, there's um, there's a, an institute, uh, the Aubrey uh, Daniels Institution. Um, he is a psychologist, and he applies a lot of he brought a lot of psychology to leadership in the seventies. Um, and there's a graph that I found very simple. I hadn't seen it before. Very simple X and Y um, graph. So on on that X, it was around performance of so the, the the upwards of the of the graph, and then along the Y was overtime. And even that, I was like straight away, that's suggesting <laughs> that overtime equals discretionary effort. Yeah, it was, yeah. Quite, and it, this isn't to downplay because there's a lot of science and a lot more that downplays just that being the case. But the point I'm trying to make is not about whether they're right or wrong. It's it, he brought a lot of this thinking in the 70s to leadership development, and what it's got running along. At a certain point on that graph is minimum requirements, okay? And sitting just above that is a red line that says the have-to-do curve. And then, as you can imagine, there's another line that's far higher uh, on the axis and far further across that's the want-to-do curve. And somewhere in between that grey matter 
is what he what they call discretionary effort, and and it, it's it's summarised by discretionary effort is the level of effort people could give you if they wanted to, but above and beyond the minimum requirement. Our question uh, about this this not their view of it, but discretionary effort as a whole is: if you've got people that are in a mindset of I do it because I have to do it. If I will just about do my minimum, then I don't think the question should be, how do I create discretionary effort? Perhaps the question should be, why on earth is that all that they're giving? What's what's going on with them as individually? What's perhaps wrong with the environment? You know, and uh, there's one final example that I wanted to, to give. We, we were working with a gentleman called uh, Chris Shambrook, a sports psychologist who worked with the British rowing team uh, through and worked with them through five Olympics, winning golds. You know, it was you know, 90s and, and early 21st century. So Steve Redgrave and Matthew Pinson and the, uh, and the team, their most successful times. And we were talking about a concept, uh, the, the concept of, starting with the end in mind and he saw and he mentioned that in high performance and in elite athletes a lot of the things that they talk about is starting with the start in mind yeah really really enjoyed that conversation because actually it was well if you think about a 100 meter race what Mm. do you need to do in order to qualify to be stood at that starting point don't don't just do the visionary piece of what would it be like to win the race what are the things you actually have to do to compete in that race and i guess bringing those two points together is well if you've got people that are potentially uh hovering around minimum requirement for want of a better phrase and the have to do part of of their effort curve i would suggest that Potentially, there's bigger challenges in terms of your team and and maybe things that you need to do as a leader to get the start, get to the starting point before you start talking about the next part. part. Absolutely, it's like that. It's like a core foundation. I've got a couple of things I just want to touch on, Luke, just to kind of backtrack over a th- few things you said there, which I think are really important. Uh, the first is you talked a bit about what are you doing to give discretionary effort, yeah. and yeah, you talked about the you know the concept of the way you come into work in the morning, the way you get people going home at night, it's not about that. And and one of the things that always stands out for me is I can remember working with somebody, it was a little while back, and um, they were notorious for sending and working into the early hours. So they were kind of just one of these people that would go home at the end of the day, they'd have their dinner, they'd, they'd watch a bit of television, and about 10 o'clock, they'd feel sort of a second vigour and they'd get on their laptop and they'd fire out a load of emails and requests and stuff. And in their mind, they were setting themselves up for the following day. But actually, in reality, what they were doing is they were instilling all of the wrong discretionary effort behaviours in their teams because the teams would sit up and wait for those emails to come through so that they could respond to them. And, you know, the teams would, the, the, the leader, this individual thought, yeah, my team are all over this, but actually for all the wrong reasons. There's a, there's a conversation for another podcast on another day. But I think that is so important when we talk about what are you doing to give discretionary effort? Actually, what is it? And sometimes it's about time. Something's about something really prescriptive and really precise. This is not you working additional hours or you know round the clock and all that sort of stuff we'll come on to that at a different time but it is really important to recognize what we mean by that in ourselves the second point to your your example of of chris and the starting with the start in mind i i remember um 
a couple of years ago when the football was on. And as you know, I'm not a big football fan, but I was listening to the radio and um, France had done particularly well in their, their particular series. And they were going into the next round and the French uh, manager, football manager was on the radio talking a bit about, you know, the success that they'd had. And, and the commentator said, you know, you must have your eye on winning the World Cup. And I remember the manager goes, winning? No, 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 no. My eye is getting through the next stage. Yeah. My focus is on getting through the next stage. I have got no focus. And I thought that's so interesting, isn't it, about how sometimes when we manage projects in our day-to-day lives and when we manage our you know, workloads and all the things that we've got to deliver in our busy lives, we're often so fixated on the end product or the end result yeah. rather than on the here and now. And I think sometimes, and I know this sometimes, I become under pressure or under stress because of the huge enormity of the end. Instead of saying, actually, that's not the focus. The focus today is to get to the next point or to the next stage. And that brings me then to my final point, just in in your your conversation. And I was reading some stuff, um, some research that Computer Weekly had done, the magazine. Mm. Um, And they'd done this huge bit of research into you know, the impact of this year and remote working and, and, and people working digitally online and Teams and Zoom and all this sort of stuff. Um, and they were saying that, it, that some of the stuff they found was that people were saying that they were working above and beyond. In other words, you know, I'm working harder now than I've ever heard. I'm working more hours than I've ever heard. But when the leader asked them what they were doing, well, what are you spending your time doing? What, where's your time going? Because in the leader's view, you've got an adequate amount of work to do within your working day. And you're telling me you're working over and over and over and over and over. Over half the people couldn't actually understand or articulate what it was that they were doing in this, and I'll, I'll, I'll badge it as discretionary effort, the above and beyond. They couldn't actually articulate why it was existing. And I think... The point to all of this is to go back to when people are doing it, not because they want to, but because they feel they have to. Our job as leaders is to really get under the skin of that and, and, and work with the individual. Say, okay, so what are you, where are your priorities? What are you working on? Where's your time going? What are you doing on a day-to-day basis? Not because you're questioning them. And it's so important that the person doesn't see this as a, as an attack, why do you not think I'm working hard enough? Do you not think I'm putting enough effort in? Am I not doing what I should be doing? No, 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 I'm, I'm not asking you for those reasons. I'm asking you because I genuinely care about you as an individual. And what I don't want you to do is to feel under pressure to have to work additional hours or additional time or whatever it may be. When actually, if we rejig things, we might be able to get it in the right right camp. Does all that make sense? I feel like I've waffled. No, you have I've done a waffle. You haven't waffled. And, and also, I'd like to acknowledge for those of, of you listening, Danny really doesn't like football. And you managed to make yourself <laughs> not sound that unaware of what football actually is. So congratulations on that point. Thank you very much. I feel I've succeeded there in, in convincing people that yeah, uh, yeah. I did. I was listening to the football news. It makes my toes curl when you start talking <laughs> about football examples, and I think he's going to sound potentially a little bit uneducated on on football. But you did well. Sorry, we we, we digress. Um, I think you're absolutely right, and, and and I think that that is the point. Is it comes back to culture for me. Hmm. We've, we've talked a lot in 2020 about those businesses that are going to 
of truly succeeding in these times and and you know standing the test of time are those that have strong cultures that do things as you said and i think the important point was do it because you actually care that was the that was the point for me that really stood out around actually if you're seeking discretionary effort which isn't a bad thing discretionary effort is a real thing or is a term used but if you're seeking Mm. it is that the right starting point yeah, um, and I don't think, and it I is. think that's the point because if you're seeking it, does it potentially? And this is this is me asking me myself this question. So I'm not asking everybody out there and saying that I've discovered you know this. I'm simply saying if I if I was seeking discretionary effort, is that disingenuous in itself? Because I'm looking for something as an output as opposed to looking for the root cause of why potentially people are struggling to you know give that. Maybe there's things going on in their life and whatnot. If, if we look at some of the best case studies of 2020, you know, I think one of my highlights is, is Timpson's and, and James Timpson, the CEO, or, or his, his father, John Timpson. They, they, there's been so much media about them. Mm. We should do an entire case study. But people will go back into that business and will have gone back into their business because of the messages that came out from the leadership of that business and clearly stated their intent during the pandemic before the furlough scheme in the UK had begun. They clearly stated their intent to support all of their workforce to ensure that jobs were kept. What that then brings, they didn't do that to go, but if we do that, not forgetting that 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 statement would have cost them tens of millions. Yeah. So it wasn't a, oh, we'll say this and we'll get loads back. It it was just, it's, deep rooted within the psyche of that organization, that it is a family business that people really care for one another. Those are the bits that really stand out for me. Yeah, they do. And do you know what, Luke, you touched on there a point, and I think it's so important. And that was around, you know, when you're looking for discretionary effort, the, the challenge with looking for it, it then becomes a dependency. And when it becomes a dependency, that's when it all starts to unravel. And so, in other words, this is when a leader gets to a situation where they are dependent on their team going above and beyond in order to be successful. And the risk here is then we go then from people choosing to do it and wanting to do it to people feeling they have to do it. And, of course, we know the moment any of us have to do something, one, our level of effort that we put into that halves, so everything takes twice as long, so it becomes twice as arduous as what it could be. But also, also, is that a position any of us want to be in, whereby we are so dependent on somebody not just turning up and doing their job? Don't forget, we're talking about this is, that's not what we're talking about here. This is the above and beyond nature. You know, we're, we're so dependent on the person doing that in order for us to, to, to get results. And, and we see that, you know, I've seen that, and there's loads and loads and loads of examples of organisations that have, Create the right culture. You've done a really good job of building this and instilling this culture in their individuals. That's increased business performance, in which case that's great. We've got a higher level of business performance because we've got all the cultural bits right. But then the business grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and suddenly starts to get run by board meetings and board tables instead of people. And so the shareholders start to dictate things. They then start to build on additional performance metrics. We need more, we need more, we need more, we need more. Guess what? We just don't need more. We need more for less. So we're actually going to have less people doing it. And all of a sudden, that culture goes, but the business is reliant 
on what was driving it in the first place, which was this above and beyond nature. And I think this is where our job as leaders is so critically important. We've got to have it get to ourselves where at a position where people are choosing to do it if they so want. And that way then it becomes a, 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 not something that's the norm and not something that's expected, but instead something that's really celebrated and championed. But actually the person doing it, and I think this is a bit we haven't yet talked about, is when you do give discretionary effort because you want to, it's really rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. it's motivating. It's inspiring. It's you know people go, oh, I do it because I enjoy it. I get a lot of satisfaction from doing it. In which case, that's for all the right reasons: the individual benefits, the leader benefits, the team benefits, the business benefits, the customer benefits. Everybody gets something from it because of choice. And I think well, the reason why, the reason why we've come into this subject, and and the starting point of this is should you be looking for discretionary effort is such a disruptive, challenging title because I don't think, and I'm, I'm going to say it how I see it, I don't think we should be looking for it. I think we should be celebrating it when it exists and then patting ourselves on the back for creating a culture where people feel compelled and, and have a desire to want to go above and beyond. I think that's brilliant. And for the first time, I'm looking at the clock and thinking we need another half an hour on this, if not more. So I'm, yeah, it's I'm, huge, I'm, isn't I'm, it? It's huge, and it's really opening up. And I'm glad we started this subject. We're going to do a part two, and I'll tell you when we're going to do a part two, Danny. Um, we'll do that with our first guest of um, Stop Your People Need You uh, that we're going to yes. do in January. We're going to bring an individual on. Um, we've been thinking about what would be an appropriate subject. I think I'd love to get their view on this. Um, that'd be really good that, get, get a more pragmatic view well, on it also, and, and also they're, they're, they're currently working in a FTSE 100 organisation that's skyrocketing I think it would be great to get an understanding on that scale then of where their views are in this so I think that's a, 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 um, a great action to take away because you could come into then well we're starting to unpack culture here and I think that's huge yeah. and I think for me today was more about the leader and I look at myself, and I totally agree with you. If I've if I've seeked discretionary effort and been looking for it, I probably have been doing the wrong thing. Something hasn't been there in the right place. But the one thing I know for sure, whether it's for a customer or whether it's for a colleague or whether it was for a, a leader that has led me in the past, they were the people that I gave my discretionary effort for. And I think as leaders, we've got to work out why people would do that for us if they're not already. And if they are, stop, reflect, and understand why and make sure you don't lose that. I think, And, and that's, that's not me saying to you that's your action to take away. It's just that reflection that I'm going through and probably vocalising on this podcast. But the most important thing is it starts with us as leaders. We are all responsible for the people in our teams, in our business, our customers, and therefore... This is one of the things that we shouldn't be looking for. It should exist because we all have a clear purpose. Uh, we, we know what the expectations are of one another. As leaders, we recognise and reward in the moment, as you've said, Danny. There's, a, there's a, a lot of consistent themes that we've looked into prior to today that I think we'll start to unpack when we do part two of this in January. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think there's, you know, for me, I like the idea of that. I like the idea of the, 
you know, kind of pushing that into another discussion and really understand the culture. I'll leave you then with my final parting thought, and that is Lenovo, the people that make computers, they reckon that people are 63% more productive as a result of working from home. And I think it's really important as leaders we understand whether people are genuinely productive or actually under an immense amount of pressure to perform and deliver. And I agree, there's no action, but there's a reflection. And that is, think about your people and think, actually, how often are they going above and beyond? And how much of that is by choice? And how much of that is by dependency or need from the way that we set things up? And have a conversation with people, get the dialogue started, get the conversation going, and really get under the skin of this. Be open to discussion. And I think that can only, only ever have positive positive connotations and outputs as a result of that discussion and dialogue great subject luke really great subject interesting yeah it is and lots more to come so that's it for today um thank you all for listening as always uh for us we are two days before christmas so it was it's only right to finish off with we wish you a very merry christmas indeed a safe we do. A safe christmas in these safe continuing christmas. testing times to you your families your friends merry christmas stay safe and we will speak to you uh, between Christmas and New Year. We will indeed. Have a great one and speak soon. Take care. Bye-bye.